Lots to discuss with our next guests. If you're talking energies, crude oil, and we are. David Williams joins us. He's an investor. He's a forecaster, a page trader. David, welcome. Before we get into the crude technicals, uh, I want to talk to the Fed first real quick. Just ask you if you were surprised by Fed Chair Jerome Powell's uh, somewhat hawkish tone. A little. I was. I was not surprised by, and good morning, Ben. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I wasn't surprised at the 50 basis point cut. I felt that that was a reasonable thing to do, given some of the recent news. I was surprised by his hawkish tone. Uh, he, uh, I felt that what Kevin talked about, he did lay out very clearly a number of factors that uh, he's looking at. And, you know, a lot of times uh, what he says, his comments after uh, putting out the information about the interest rate change are often more important than the interest rate change themselves. I think the market's uh, reaction here is somewhat typical. We rallied. This was talking about the S&P, the Dow. These indices rallied into the Fed announcement, and it's very common technically for that rally to then get reversed like mm. we've seen today. So, yeah, I was surprised. That rally you're talking about sent the U.S. dollar lower. That had crude oil prices uh, supported, as did some comments from the IEA this week. They said, despite the seasonal slowdown in world oil demand and continued macroeconomic headwinds, recent oil consumption data have surprised to the upside. This was especially apparent in non-OECD regions, including China, India, and the Middle East. It sounds like that's where they're expecting some of the demand growth to come from this year and next. Yeah. You know, surprisingly for many, I think, uh, the U.S. oil refiners, Ben, are reporting higher quarterly profits now than they had prior to the pandemic. Mm. Now, that's a pretty important little statistic. I think what happened was is that the pandemic was a clean out for the industry. They came back up. They refined their, no pun intended, but they refined their business models and uh, perhaps cleaned up some wasteful areas in the business, and business has just been very good. Uh, crude has a number of fundamental factors acting upon it. Uh, one is the recent Keystone Pipeline oil leak in Kansas. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That's something that has to Which be dealt with. Which shut the pipeline down? Shut the pipeline down. Yeah. Estimates are about 14,000 barrels of oil have leaked. Okay. That makes this the largest Keystone Pipeline oil leak loss in history. Mm. Uh, additionally, the U.S. crude stockpiles rose by more than 10 million barrels last week. I know you've reported on that. Uh, so a lot of fundamental backdrop to the crude oil position. If I may, I'd like to say that uh, on your program, we've been talking about since October that we feel that if the crude oil can close, continue to close monthly above $75, that would keep the market technically in an uptrend even though they're coming down to that level the larger picture would still be in an uptrend and we're uh, we're above 75 dollars right now in the 77 dollar level so as we close out the month of december if we're above there we believe that's a more bullish position and if we close even this week then tomorrow above say 76 dollars we like that and we think we could be up at your number that you mentioned a few moments ago, $81 or higher, into next week, the week of December 19th, or slightly beyond. Talk to us about if we get into those levels here, do you see continued follow-through, even if the dollar doesn't necessarily participate uh, up and through the $80 level? Well, the dollar 
is going to, in our opinion, the dollar does have a little further down. If I may just go to the dollar, it does have a little further down to go. We think um, we'll probably see the 102 level in the dollar in the first quarter of next year. So we do still have some pressure coming from the dollar. But when crude makes a statement like closing monthly and quarterly, the fourth quarter of this year, above $75, it puts it in a pretty strong position in our work. And conversely, if we can't close above $75, as I've mentioned previously on your program, crude is in a much weaker position. And we think uh, in our work that crude is going to have to come down to 58 to $57 in the next six months of next year. But that's only if we're starting to see failure at the 75 level. So I like this rally that we've seen that puts it back up, testing the $75 level. It'll be very interesting to see. And even intraday today, uh, hourly closes uh, for people who are following intraday, uh, trading intraday, even hourly closes for us above $76.80. Sort of keeps the intraday trend up in crude oil does seem like prices are supported here right now and after a test of 70 i always look for the amount of time that price spends at a certain level and there was not a lot of time spent to that lower level hey real quick i just want to uh kind of uh, hit the brakes on that discussion for a second because we did just sure. have the ECB which raised rates by 50 basis points. If we could just pull the chart real quick, the euro currency inching up in reaction to nothing major for the most part just finding its way back into the range that we established yesterday. I've got the euro here for us to look at. Again, the ECB uh, just raised rates by 50 basis points, basically in line with the trend that we've seen. And, you know, we've been watching the euro which is climbing its way back. That's weighing on the U.S. dollar some, David, as well. Uh, talk Ooh. to us uh, in in terms of China, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty there, but this is going to be a major catalyst, I'd imagine, in terms of some achieving some of those levels to the upside or to the downside in terms of the reopening trade. Yes, uh, China, you know, listen, if China reopens, that's a game changer. Uh, we, we're, you know, we're going to be watching that from a day-to-day basis. The thing is, is that um, the dollar's position uh, for us is still weak into next year. We still believe that that's going to have to go lower. Euro will go higher. And we'll take our cues from that and some of the news as well. Sure. What we like to do, we're not, as you know, we're not fundamentalists, but we do look at the fundamentals and we tie that in with the technical work we do. Lastly, David, any other products you're watching that yes. we should keep an eye on headed into the end of the year? Yes. You know, Ben, we break our forecasts down into specific time frames, mm-hmm. like daily, weekly, monthly, and so on. And then we give you the price levels that we believe the market will be trading at in those specific future timeframes. So for as an example, in the first quarter of 2023, we expect the S&P to trade at 37.30 or lower. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about this since April on your program. This has been our forecast. Now, although the S&P has already reached 37.30 this year, we believe it'll be tested again in the first quarter of 2023. And then if we break it down to monthly, uh, we expect the S&P to trade at 3,900 to 3,890 or lower, approximately 100 points lower than we are now in January on the monthly chart, 2023. And then on the daily time frame, if I can just give you this, we think the S&P is in a weaker position today, more weaker than usual because it could not trade up at 4,052 earlier today. And so that's a warning in our work for lower prices. On, uh, on balance, in a more normal market, 
today's first half of the session, we're talking about the S&P, the March contract, with a balanced market, the normal thing that the S&P would do today would advance to 4,009 to 4,013. Somewhere right in that area or slightly higher. So we're going to be watching for that. That'll help us know whether the market's a little more balanced or not. So those are the breakdowns, but the big ones are the obviously the monthly and the quarterly for next year, uh, being down to 37.30 or lower. And then finally, if the first quarter of next year closes above 37.30, we expect the S&P to be back up at $4,230 or higher in the second quarter of next year. So I hope that's not an overload of information, but that's a bunch of time frames and forecasts for what we think is going to happen. Not at all an overload. We appreciate it. And it sounds to me like you're kind of see things to hold within this range that I was talking about before yes. uh, we brought you in at the top of the show. I was looking at 4,300 to 3,500, yes. the October uh, lows, August highs that we saw earlier this year. So, David, we always appreciate it. Thanks for uh, bringing the levels. Thanks for having me. Breaking down the fundamentals for us, talking energies, and in this instance, uh, some year-end next year levels to keep an eye on in terms of the indices. David Williams, investor, forecaster, page trader.